What is happening, everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome to episode 111 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. And today, I'm going to talk to you about what your greatest limitation is. Ooh, this podcast is fire. This is fire. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Have your notepads ready. Have your volume cranked all the way up because it is going down inside. As always, brought to you by Revive Summons, brought to you by Raw Summons. Use code Mahalia at checkout. Scroll down to the bottom of this page. Leave me five stars. I would greatly appreciate it. We are so close to 400 ratings. If we can get to 400 ratings by Christmas, I just might have a Christmas present for all you guys. Inside, I can't wait to chat with you. I'll see you there. You know what I've been talking about a lot recently, and I've I've discussed it with you um, quite a bit here recently. Is dude, like, how cool is this thing that like like we started this in March? Yeah, and like recently, so the podcast has done really well all year. It, it exceeded expectations, I think, from day one. Right away, right? Yeah, like I was expecting a couple hundred <clears throat> listens, downloads, yeah. right? Yeah. And like yeah. right away, it you know exceeded that pretty heavily, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. To watch you guys, you guys who listen to us and you guys who, um, you know, love what we put out, which is super fucking wild to me because like it's there just me and Scott talking. Like, it's the shit we talk about anyways. Yeah, right. It's just, it gives us yeah. a way to bullshit. It, it gives live. us a way to bullshit for you guys. It gives me like an outlet to teach. Yep, like, this yep. is the shit that I just like to kind of do all day. It kind of took place of those whiteboards. It, it kind of took the place of the whiteboards. Yeah. yeah. And. I think it's really cool that, you know, you guys have formed a, a grow or die community, essentially, amongst all of us. And it's really neat. You know, it, there's there's people from all different fitness levels. There's people not really in fitness who listen to the podcast. Um, there's, you know, people who have been through some pretty incredible stuff in their life and transformative stuff in their life. There's professional bodybuilders. There's folks from, I mean, we're in every country, mm-hmm. like every Basically. first world country yeah. we're yeah. in um, f- that, and they listen to every podcast mm-hmm. and there's so many of you. And I think, um, you know, recently we saw that a Spotify started, you know, doing the year in review. Yeah. That's what put um, it in perspective. Yeah, yeah. Put it in perspective of I had to shot, stop sharing how many things I was tagged yeah. in. Yeah. Cause that we were people's number one listen to, or you binge the episodes, or mm-hmm. you know, you listen to six thousand minutes of what we do yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And it's so like honestly, I just I I guess what I'm getting at is I want to say thank you. Sure. Um, I feel like I owe you guys a thank you. Yeah. Um, but also it's like a tip of the hat to you guys because there's some OG listeners here, um, you know, not to take away from the people who are new and, you know, I'm, there's going to be people on 111 who this is their first podcast they've listened to and they're probably like, wow, this guy won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, soon it'll all make sense, right? Um, there's OG, there's a majority of you have listened to 110 episodes and now you're listening to your 111th episode. Yep. And so that's really cool. I guess, I guess I really just want to say thank you. It was cool to see the response that Jamie and uh, Danielle got after the last episode as yep. well. Um, I mean, I, I, I know that you guys absolutely fucking loved them. They kind of built a new fan base here within mm-hmm. the GOD family. And obviously they'll be back a lot. It was really, really cool for me to see the response for the DMP podcast, because that's obviously something very passionate about. I'm passionate about it because it can change the world and make a lot of a lot of people's lives better, easier, healthier. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a fascinating drug that's so misunderstood and so vilified, but it's only vilified by people who don't put the effort into actually understanding it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what was really wild to me. I haven't really told anyone about this. Um, not even you, the amount of top notch coaches, top tier coaches oh, who were okay. like, I got sent this podcast and yeah. that was incredible. People hit me up like, okay, I thought DMP was going to kill me. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought it was X, Y, Z. And it is sure. not that at all. The people hit me up like, dude, wait, hold up. So like DMP is really safer than like clenbuterol. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like a million times safer. It's not yeah. even up for debate. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like you guys allow me to just teach you and kind of open your mind um, is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I appreciate that. But today I have another item that I really want to touch on that I don't think we've touched on enough in this podcast. And I kind of feel like it's something I've only brushed over many times. Um, the podcast is obviously tied to your greatest limitation. You might be coming to this podcast saying it's something motivational. It is not. It's something pretty informative because again, kind of like Spotify did the year in review around this time every year, I do my year in review, right? There's one client left that's competing this year and hopefully we get a pro card. I feel really good about Courtney, uh, headed to the amateur Olympia women's physique. Um, by the way, anyone who's going to be out there in Orlando, please make sure to uh, shoot me a message. Try to meet up with us. Scott will be out there. The whole team staff's going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really, really, really cool time. Um, but I want to talk about stress because the year's coming to an end. And I'm looking back on, um, you know, client successes, places that I could have done better with clients. Um, I, I just I try to I try to just be 100 with myself. I understand that, you know, do I think I'm one of the best coaches in the world? Absolutely. Do a lot of people think that? Absolutely. But am I close to where I want to be? Not, no, no, it's laughable. It goes back to our conversation before mm-hmm. we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I was ever happier, content, we'd be <laughs> broke. Content, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it's <clears throat> something I just came across this year. If I go through my client list of clients who had health issues, hormonal imbalances, uh, gut dysbiosis, um, uh, CR, high CRP readings, high cortisol readings, mood irregularities, low libido, adrenal issues, missed periods, um, long-term missed periods of menorrhea, um, harsh periods, uh, periods starting too soon, starting extra late, hunger issues, um, recovery issues from the gym, sleep issues. And about 99% of people, it comes back to one thing. And with that one thing is stress. Oh, wow. Justin groundbreaking. So hear me out on this because the physical stress, which I'm going to cover first, pretty easy to control, right? Like, especially with you guys, like you wake up on check-in day and I, you know, you take your resting heart rate for me. Mm -hmm. You take your blood glucose for Mm -hmm. me. You give me a feedback based on how your training was throughout the week. You give me written feedback on how your digestion was. You give me written feedback on how your sleep was. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very, very hands-on. So the physical stress we essentially, and, and and I also have a rule if you're over a certain uh, RHR uh, resting heart rate, you know, it's a rest day period. Mm. If it's this high, yeah. if it's that high back to back days, back to back rest days, you know, and oftentimes we do see that. So th- th- that's kind of how I auto regulate recovery in my clients is, Hey, you know, if you're someone who your RHR is commonly 62, right? Your blood glucose is commonly 78, right? Well, if you crush legs, you wake up the next morning, you're 73, your BG is 106 rest day. You wake up the next day and your RHR is still 70 and your BG is 100 rest day. It's obviously a stress response Mm. right now. There's also times when, you know, it's we have to dive a little bit deeper. Right. But for the most part, I kind of have you guys auto regulating that in a super easy manner. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I, I go by a very, very firm rule of, hey, 
assess, you know, in the morning when you wake up, do you feel like you're ready to go to the gym and give it 100%? Because it's really simple. It's yes or no. And it's like, dude, if it's 98%, you have to understand that's not 100%. That's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like I need you to rest. I need you to recover because obviously there's a a stimulus that was placed upon the body that you've not recovered from yet. And people view, people view recovery as such an external item of, you know, my muscles are going to grow when Mm -hmm. I recover and I'm going to be bigger and my performance is going to be better. And, you know, I'm going to look more attractive with more muscles and all that stuff. Maybe I'm not sore that day. Or I'm I'm not sore anymore. That's a great point. You're, You're not sore. When the reality is, you know, recovery is really... I'm going to say it's even more so internal than it actually is external. If we're diminishing recovery... There's a lot of items that can happen. Your serotonin and dopamine can be off because your gut is inflamed. Mm. That's a pretty fucking big deal. You're going to have a mood irregularity, right? Um, Internally, your ovaries uh, might not feel like an egg is protected enough to, you know, have a period this month. Big deal. Mm -hmm. Massive deal. For a male, your testes might feel like they don't have enough backing behind it to push testosterone. Your testosterone drops, your libido's tanked, and your girlfriend's fucking left in bed not satisfied. That is a huge problem. And I know that, like, that's an LOL, right? Yeah, that's sure, what, sure. that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. You're under-recovered. You don't get a boner and you can't fuck. Yeah. Like, straight up, that's reality, right? And that fucking sucks. So... We have to understand, you know, the internal compromise that we take if we're not handling the stress that we have on us. Let's take a look at the mental approach. Your focus will be off. Right. So you like like Scott has a very intense. I would call your job intensive. Sure. Um, Just do a it's lot. detail oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of have to like be on. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, like especially if you, you know, like we all know Stephen can call it anytime. Yep. Like you yep. have to be able to flip the script. Yep. You if you are under recovered, you can't. Now you're stumbling. Now you're fumbling. Now you're like falling behind in conversation like we can't. None of us can afford to have that. Sure. Right? Sure. And you could do that at work. You could do that in your conversations throughout the day. Maybe, you know, you go to dinner with some friends and everything throughout the day is normal. You just don't really feel very present. Well, there's obviously some sort of underlying stress happening here. I want to kind of dive into that because some, uh, you know, a situation like that could be emotional. It could be spiritual. It could be physical stress. I'm not going to talk a ton about spiritual stress um, just because I feel like if you handle the emotional component, then the spiritual is pretty easy. I think they kind of go hand in hand a bit. There's parallels between them, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, you, you, you never really have one without the other, but let's talk about physical stress. And you are probably thinking like, you know, this is training. It's called overtraining. And I, I'm not a big fan of the word overtraining because it kind of like demonizes training. Like it's not training's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's under, um, you know, lack of sleep. Maybe it's under nutrition. Like you're in a contest prep mm-hmm. and you're pushing really hard. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's just a lack of stress mitigation. Right. So I don't really like, I hate the term overtraining because that doesn't explain anything. Mm. Like that, that word is it's, it's a meaningless word that over overtrain doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Overtraining is what you're supposed to do in the gym when you're there. People think it means just, I work too hard. Yeah. 
like, like but, in the gym I worked too but that's hard. how we force a stress response that's the point stress that's the point of yeah. being there like you're a bodybuilder yeah. or you're someone looking to improve your physique you have to overtrain when you're at the gym and that was and that's where stress is positive yeah and so people are like I don't want to get overtrained I want to get overtrained then we have to yeah we just have to elevate our recovery here as well right we have to facilitate our recovery mm-hmm. to be able to match the demands from the gym so and the physical training is pretty much taken care of. I've just explained to you guys how I handle that in my clients, right? Um, one other item to bring up, maybe you have an illness popping up and everything, you know, kind of checks out. Although commonly we'll see an elevated blood glucose, commonly we'll see an elevated or a resting heart rate, commonly we'll see elevated heart rate variability if there's an immune system response that's about to take place. Um, but a great way to assess if you're getting sick and really be able to know um, is your body temperature is going to rise far before you feel the, um, the, the actual effects of the illness. Right. Mm. So if you know kind of where you hover and like right now it's kind of an LOL because in so many places they take your temperature when you walk in. So like, I know I'm 97.1 or 96.9. Like I'm somewhere around there. Right. So, if I feel under recovered, my BG checks out because BG, RHR, or HRV, those aren't really going to be affected until you, the effects are on. Like mm. those are physical effects to, to those are external physical effects to illness. Right. Yeah. But if if you feel like something might be wrong and all those check out, take your temperature. It's up a degree or more then you're probably getting sick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, again, just another way to kind of troubleshoot and like find your own, um, you, you know, path here and kind of auto. Uh, uh, Auto regulate for yourself. Like if you were 99, you'd, if I was 99, I would flag. know I'd be sick. It's a little red yeah. flag. Goes, okay. Really anything over like a degree. Yeah. And again, it's like, what's hard is like, was yesterday's leg day brutal? Mm-hmm. I mean, brutal. Like, mm-hmm. like, was it like a Justin Mahaley type leg day? Like straight up. If it, if it was, and then you go take your temperature, it's up one degree. It could just be an immune system response to the recovery that you kind of forced upon it because your immune system controls all of your responses in the body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all of your recovery within the body. Sorry. Your immune system triggers everything to happen. Okay. So your immune system, a lot of people just place the immune system in the category of that's for when I'm sick. Yeah. No, it's to repair. And so your muscular growth that happens, there's a massive immune system response from that. Um, Your mental growth happens, massive uh, immune system response that, you know, all of these items, there's an immune system response to any sort of physical um, stress that we have. Right. And, and, and again, that's another reason why we want to, you know, be really in tune with all these things. Cause fuck, what if you're pushing your immune system too far, you know, uh, right now, whatever your thoughts are on the current situation with the pandemic, you know, we, we do have a lot of illnesses going around. This mm-hmm. is the time of year people get fucking sick. Sure. sure. So if you're pushing too hard, you're probably going to get sick. Then you get fucking sick. Yeah. And, and actually I, I have an interesting anecdote that I wasn't really planning on bringing up but since this conversation came here. I've had 50, 60 clients have COVID. Yeah. Right. That we know of. Sure. I've only had two struggle with recovery mm-hmm. at all. Everyone like no one had any issues. Recovery in like, the fine. sense of recovering from the illness. Yeah. Recovering okay. from the illness. Everything was fine. Everything was good. And the two that struggled with recovery kept pushing it. Oh they, yeah. They, they, they didn't respect, you know, the illness and the immune system enough to not like push it and push it. And they push didn't it. give their body enough time. They to didn't give their body enough time. So, okay. um, you know, that's also something else that I have with my clients. My rule is you have to have two straight days, 48 hours of feeling 100%. Because I saw these people feel 100% for one day, go to the gym, boom, right back to fucking ground zero. It's almost like they fucking got it again and it started over. Because the body's response to the stress from the gym yeah. diminishes the 
the immune system had to focus on what's happening down here with muscle protein breakdown, with degradation of muscle tissue of amino acids and internally. That took and over that the took sickness. precedence okay. because again, that's a foreign object attacking. Foreign object yeah. attacking is you're training weights, you're tearing your muscles. Yeah. And so now it has to do all these things. So now, you know, f- uh, focus shifts illness creeps back up. It was yeah. getting overpowered and now your immune system's overpowered. Now you're back to ground zero. And I told all these people to fucking rest. Sure, right? sure. So no one, listen to me when I say something, <laughs> but, but I, 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 I do want you to practice that rule. If you get sick, if you get ill, anything happens too straight, 48 hours and 100%. One day is not good enough. One day you're not, you don't, you have no idea. Two straight days, 40 or two straight days, 100%. That's perfect. Uh, physical stress, cardio it happens all the time, you know, especially during a contest prep phase. Doing too much cardio, cardio gets too high. Another reason to use DMP. Cardio gets too fucking high. Massive amounts of stress start occurring within the body. In a contest prep, you push. You don't always have time to break. Sometimes you have ground to make up. Sometimes you fall behind a little bit. Sometimes you got ground to make up. How you gonna make that up if you're sitting on the fucking couch because your recovery sucks, right? So it's all about a stress mitigation here. Um, PEDs is a big one. So something I want you guys to understand. Uh, my listeners who utilize enhancements, I think people who don't will also find this uh, really interesting. Is uh, PEDs obviously it's very stressful on the body, right? It forces the liver to you know work hard to metabolize, forces the kidney to you know work hard to allow mobilization. It it it, it, it it's very difficult. It um, you know ramps up your heart rate a little bit. It's going to ramp up your blood pressure. Um, you know depending on what you're utilizing, the duration of usage, um, you know dosage. All your your coach should be able to handle. It. Actually, what's really sad is I've listened to the DMP podcast, some of the horror stories I've heard, heard from coaches with anabolics and it's bad. I don't trust anyone. I literally trust like five people. I, yeah. so, someone, someone asked me like, who's the five other people or like, who's the five total people that like oh, yeah, that you DMP. referenced. Yeah. Someone asked me, and I gave him that name and I was like, yeah, and that's also the only five people I trust with anabolics at all. Yeah. Like at all in the sure. fucking slightest. Right. Sure. Like I don't trust any of these motherfuckers with anabolics. Yeah. Like I talk, I talked to, I talk to high level contest prep coaches daily about this shit because they're running things by me and like, dude, their thought process is just in a terrible place. But, you know, that's a tangent for another day. <laughs> what the fuck ever. Every time you inject an anabolic steroid, <clears throat> that needle goes in to your muscle. It tears down that muscle. You know, you, you if you use a one inch needle, a 23, 25 gauge needle, whatever you want to use. You go in and you puncture the muscle that much and that clears way for the fluid to be injected, right? And then the fluid gets injected into the body. Now the body has to absorb all of this, code it, understand how to mobilize it, where to mobilize it to, break it down. Usually it's pretty broken down, put it in the bloodstream and then utilize it. This is all very, 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 very stressful. It's very demanding on the kidneys. Because where's that broken down protein go? You just tore, you forced a tear into your muscle. Now I say this and like, I don't want to like injections don't fucking hurt, right? The needle's way too fucking small. So like, don't fucking get scared. If you're like someone who's like on the border, right? It's way too small. I'm talking about the internal reaction to this. That is stressful. This is why even in contest prep close to a show, if I can avoid daily injections with my clients, I avoid daily injections with my clients. Mm-hmm. This is a massive stressor. 
right? You also don't want to turn into a pin cushion during prep. There's a lot of things. I, I want to do a podcast on this. Maybe 112 should be on this. Okay. It should be on the shit that we've just fucking been told to accept. <laughs> okay. When you're close to a show, utilize short esters mm -hmm. to mitigate water retention. Really, I got some peeled motherfuckers, mm. and I don't always use short esters. Mm -hmm. Clenbuterol, fat burner of choice. Really? You want you want heart valve interaction as a side effect of your contest prep? Cool on that one. I've actually come around. I want to do a whole podcast on uh, clenbuterol, actually, because I've come around to thinking a different way about it. I'm not sure I'll ever use clenbuterol again. Really? Unless the client has to okay. catch up in prep. Okay. It's, it's the most... It's the most damning fat loss drug. Dude, you know, most people only get like a two to 3% raise in BMR with clenbuterol. Hmm. So, is that, so, so is that not significant? That's horrid. Okay. Per 100 milligrams of DMP, it's 11% uh -huh. with no organ interaction, with no fucking side effects. So and you feel a little bit warm. Yeah. Clenbuterol is over here. It's like, oh, hey, there's the heart. Let me attach to it. Like, That's let me, let me exude my effects on the heart. Let me have jitters. Let me feel this fucking heart pounding through my goddamn chest. Was was clenbuterol used for something different like asthma. DNP? It was asthma. for asthma. Yeah, yeah. Clenbuterol was more. used for asthma. And it was just, it just wasn't. Honestly, everything about clenbuterol's history just shows that it's rather weak and insignificant. But that is one of those things that people in the bodybuilding community just accept. Oh, clenbuterol, that's nothing. Really, it's well, nothing. Because it's been around forever. Yeah, because it's been around forever. It's yeah. been done forever. Okay. And whenever you challenge the status quo, I'm challenging the status quo with facts. Yeah, I'm challenging sure. the status quo with data. Sure. I'm challenging, I'm challenging the status quo with scientific fucking journals saying, yeah, this is what's happening. It's, and my extreme understanding of physiology being like, yeah, I don't want my clients who are utilizing anabolic steroids that we know cause hypertrophy of the left ventricle in your fucking heart to have more heart stress from something that has a 2% benefit, 2% benefit well, testosterone is worth it because it's a fucking hundred percent benefit. I, I don't want to make somebody think they're going to get a heart attack from this thing. You're not going to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I don't mean to scare you yeah. away. I'm still going to use it in some clients if they fall behind. Sure. Sure. So it's not like that, but so I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask the yeah. risk of of that since it's detached to the heart, the risk of that becomes higher, obviously much higher, yeah. especially with you know long term. You, it's you a know, small amount, dosage. but small becomes amount. higher. But it's the issue, than zero. The issue is everyone who competes at some point, everyone who competes in any sort of muscular division, what yeah. do they have at some point? Yeah, you know, heart problems are coming. Mm -hmm. It's you're staring down the barrel of a loaded gun. Yeah, you're going to add to it for a two percent. I, 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 not my athletes. It's kind of like if you look at, um, uh, cars. Yeah. Right. And Elon's with his, uh, with Tesla's. Yeah. So cars, the way it's always been done, at yep. least as long as we've been alive and our parents have been alive, that they're, you know, they have a motor and they exude carbon dioxide. Yeah. Right. And yep. that the earth is your body. Mm -hmm. The earth is your heart. It let's is. say. And it then is. that's poisonous to the earth. Exactly. Whereas Elon, people were like, this is stupid. You can't do electric cars. And yep. then that's and positive then for it. the earth. The electric car would be like DMP. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the one emitting, um, you know, the carbon dioxide, that would be the carbon uh, monoxide. Is it monoxide? Monoxide. Did I say dioxide? Yeah, dioxide. <laughs> that would be, you know, that would be the, the computer. Yeah, also, yeah. I don't want me to get off topic. Sure, sure, sure. But um, when you're taking PEDs, this is very stressful on the body. So again, is you know, having a coach fucking understands this shit's really, really, really important, right? The issue is, Dude, I mean, it's just so hard. Like, it's getting really discouraging. Sometimes, like today, before I started this podcast, I felt like I'm fighting a fucking a losing battle. But again, that's for another podcast. People who compete too often. Dude, there's this pro bikini chick who competed at 13 shows this year. 
You compete too often, your stress is going to be through the absolute roof, but she still looks good. That doesn't matter. Looking good is dope and cool and fun until you see what's going on inside. I'll pay her coach 500 bucks to let me fix that blood work. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay her coach to let me fix her client's blood work because I know that that coach has no idea how to fix that fucking blood what work. What does that do to someone's long, the next year? The longevity is very low. Yeah. I mean, are you planning on doing it again? You plan to do a 14 oh, shows yeah, again? Yeah, I to do it again next year. And the issue is she's been doing this for a while. She was yeah. pro card chasing before she turned pro. Uh-huh. National show, national show, national show, national show, national show, just national show. And it's just waiting on one to hit. And okay. you know, it finally hit. Okay. And now, you know, she has turned into a good pro and she's a fine competitor. But it's a lot um, of stress in the body. Yeah, but it's frustrating because it's like at that point, your coach is having you compete for one thing, one thing only. And the reason is not to win. Yeah. The, the reason is for clout. Okay. Uh, because she's going to place top five at every show she goes to. Sure. Right. So it gets that coach clients. Sure. I, 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 I can't, I, I don't have those same morals. Um, if you don't take extended rest from training. So every year I'll do one week off of training. And then every week I take two days off of training. So, you know, I, I train five days a week, two days off. And every year I do at least one week off training after a contest prep, after a show, I usually do a week unless I have another show that I'm going to do back uh, right behind it. But that then I still take four days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rest is that that's where we improve. That's where we're able to gather the energy and the health to be able to beat the logbook. That's where, you know, our progress comes from chilling the fuck out. People will push PEDs year round. Um, you know, another item right here, you know, similar to earlier, we don't want to do that. That can cause hypertension. It can cause, um, it, it can cause hypertrophy of, uh, um, of your heart. Uh, it can cause uh, poor sleep. It can cause anxiety. Um, you know, all of those, uh, what, what, everything that comes is a side effect of an irregular heartbeat or um, increased blood pressure. Those, those are all things that are on the table here, right? Uh, constant overexertion, poor sleep, um, overfeeding. If, if you've been pushing food for too long, this is a big thing I talk with my clients about. If you've been pushing food for too long and you're not doing it alongside insulin, yes, women as well. You guys can use insulin. You should use insulin if you're pushing food really fucking high, even you bikini girls. And let me talk to you a little bit about why there's this thing called pancreas sensitivity. Pancreas sensitivity is essentially how prone your pancreas is to responding to the changes that you can make in a diet or in your output, right? Pancreas sensitivity is a real thing. No, if you Google that fucking term, it's not going to pop up. Pancreas sensitivity is a term. That is for people who fucking understand physiology to really deep level. You ever have someone you push your food really, really, really high and then you pull it back to start a cut and you add output and nothing happens. Why is nothing happening? Because their pancreas is not able to respond. It's been overworked. You, you ask so much out of it and so much out of it and so much out of it. And now you're asking more out of it because you want it to find a new homeostatic set point because you changed up protocols on a client who was putting down a ton of food. And it had to release all of this insulin, all of this fucking insulin all day to push all this food, to facilitate all this food to where it needed to go within your body. Now you're asking it to pull back, to chill out a little bit, to only assimilate what's in front of it. It is stressed. It needs a break. What's the only way we can give our pancreas a break? It's through insulin. You guys, for a majority of you, if your food is high, 
insulin is a great option for you. I do not care if you're a bikini competitor, if you're a men's open bodybuilder, anything in between. You can use insulin and you should use insulin because it's fucking healthful for you. The issue is, again, people aren't fucking educated on this. You can't your pancreas just isn't this ever responding thing. It's not your thyroid. Your thyroid responds to everything. It has to. That's its job. Your pancreas is not that resilient. You can get some people really fucked up by putting it's it's back to the point that we talked about. Why is bikini girls eating 500 grams of carbohydrates? You do not need that. Mm. You do not need that to grow. Mm hmm. If you think you need that to grow, you are out of your mind. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting there and you're a bikini girl eating 500 carbohydrates, I, I, I don't, I, I think I have one girl, one girl. Mm -hmm. And the reason her carbs are that high is because she can't, she doesn't digest protein very well at all. So we have to do the best we can. What, what, what spares protein carbohydrates mm -hmm. you do not need. I mean, that's almost as many carbohydrates as I'm eating a day. So you're saying you can have a lower level yes. of carbohydrates with yeah. the insulin added to I have it. a girl, I have a girl named Emily Smith. She's not, we, we, we're not using insulin in her or anything, but she came to me with this mass amount of food. Okay. And then we had this mass amount of food because I had to taper it down rather slowly yeah. to help her pancreas. And now, you know, she's coasting around probably one to 1500 calories less than she was making more progress than ever mm -hmm. than ever before she looks fucking amazing mm -hmm. and every week she's getting better and this wouldn't be the case if the food was still that high when we flipped a switch to go into a cut which actually is wild because right now she's recomping really well which means her pancreas must be pretty fucking sensitive to what we're doing right okay. or else she wouldn't be responding as soon as we go to cut it's going to fucking happen Mm -hmm. Right. If she was on the food that she came to me on, it wouldn't be happening. Yeah. That would not be a thing. How long does it take for the pancreas to rebound? Man, that's a really good question. I don't have the answer for it. It's going to be so bio, it's bio very, individual. Variable. Okay. Yeah. So how long did it take her? But, um, Emily, so the thing is we did it really slow with Emily because at the same sure. time she was learning to true training intensity. Okay. I bet we could have had it done in a four month period. Uh, but okay, that long. I think we, we, well, we've been together. We've been together maybe six, seven, eight months, somewhere in there. Okay, okay. Um, like, but yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, she's seen great results. She's done really well, but every person is going to be individual. Now, if she insisted we stay at food that high, I would start insulin in her. Mm -hmm. Insulin is a break for your pancreas. Insulin is not a storage hormone. Insulin is not whatever fucking misconception you have of insulin. What insulin is, is is a break for your pancreas. A break for your pancreas pulls down systemic stress levels. When systemic stress levels are pulled down, inflammation is pulled down. When stress and inflammation are down, recovery is high. Energy to facilitate into your performance is high. Your ability to respond and adapt to the stimulus placed upon your body is high. Insulin is a break from your pancreas. That is it. It's not even a performance enhancing drug. It fucking happens naturally in your fucking body. I don't consider testosterone at the same fucking dosage that was of what occurs in your body, a performance enhancing drug. It's not enhancing shit. It's what happens in your body. Same with growth hormone. Now, at super physiological levels, yeah, obviously it is. But you don't need super physiological levels of insulin to fucking be a bikini girl who, for some reason, has to have 500 carbohydrates. I'm not sure what. It, it, 
I, I don't have a single one of my bodybuilders. <laughs> I don't think I have a single one of my bodybuilders eating that much. And they yeah. see if that's what you think you need for progress, yeah. you really need an assessment on what's reality and what's false. Sure. Because that is not what you need for fucking progress. I can mm-hmm. pr- not a single person, not a single one of these people need that fucking shit. But, you know, I fucking digress anyways. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be pissed off people listening to that, but the fact the fucking facts are what they are. The last two, this episode and the DMP episode. Yeah. Make me, especially what you said about the response you got from the DMP episode, make me think that it's the way it's always been done. That sentence. That's how it is. Is, uh, is yeah. so ingrained yeah. into the bodybuilding community. People don't want to change. That there's no, the, the, the new scientific data that comes out yeah. doesn't seem to be adopted. No. So it's, it's a mixture of scientific data, but it's also a mixture of what's right in front of you, right? You read a physiology book, you read a biochem book. Like I've read, I can't tell you how many bio, biochem and physiology books I've read. You like literally read a book and it's all going to make sense. And explains it's, how the body reacts. It's right in front things. of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's right in front of you. Understand the pharmacokinetics of insulin. Yeah. This is not a PED. This gives your pancreas a break. This helps you. Mm-hmm. This is something that helps your pancreas. The issue is I see a lot of insulin protocols and they fucking suck, dude. Hey, you're running insulin without knowing your blood glucose. What the, what, what do you, what do you mean? Well, uh, well what would what? be the benefit? Is there a zero? No, benefit? It's stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. That's a coach who like has this little formula that he thinks for, you know, for every one unit of insulin, we're going to have 10 grams of carbohydrates. Yeah. And there's people listening to this right now laughing because their coaches have told them that. Let me sure. tell you, your coach is a fucking idiot. That's not how insulin's run. Insulin is needed based off what insulin is used based off what is needed based off what we see in your pre and post intake blood glucose readings i could spend literally the next five hours on this fucking topic of insulin because i'm tired of this fucking which, stupid which shit is, that i'm seeing. which is variable to every individual and to every individual so you if you don't know that bg level yeah there's no way you're not gonna you're not gonna anything if you don't have the bg level and you're running insulin stop fire your coach immediately reach out to me i'm probably not going to take you on unless you're a national level contender i'm probably not going to take you on but i will hook you up with coaches who will take you sure. on and help you the right way with insulin because that is absolute bullshit wow the last item i want to talk about physical is eating poorly digestible foods um i had a client just check with me a day and she's like you know every time i eat delights you know it fucks up my digestion you know what my response was stop eating delights <laughs> It's like you mean pork. Yeah. It's not that don't don't eat pork. Yeah. It fucks that it makes you feel like shit every single time. Guess what you're choosing to do every single time you eat it? You're choosing to cause systemic inflammation and go up. I mean, at this point, I don't even need to read off the fucking list off the top of the dome of what the fuck happens when inflammation goes up. I've literally said it 10 times on this podcast so far. (laughs) The one I really want to talk about is the emotional stress. This is the one that y'all motherfuckers care. And I say y'all because I don't care around motherfucking emotional stress. Scott can test this. Scott doesn't either. We don't care around emotional stress. <laughs> it doesn't exist. If we had time for emotional sure, stress, sure. we would be broke. <laughs> it's, it's just fair. the way we function. It's fair. The way we function is this isn't something we have to worry about. And I'm really grateful for mm-hmm. that. Right. I've, I've been turned into a stone heart, you know, by people good and can be good and bad <laughs> it, can, it can be good and bad if you're dating me sometimes it sucks <laughs> if you're just listening to the podcast it's fucking epic <laughs> sure. so emotional stress 
Relationships is the biggest one. You're stuck in a dead end relationship. You know it's a dead end relationship subconsciously, but consciously you don't want to face the fact that it's a dead end relationship because you're comfortable. It's normal. I've been doing this for four years. Like let's do five. But you know that it's a deadbeat. You know that it's dead. You know that it's not serving you. You know that you're not improving from it. You know that it's not actually making you happy. But too many of you aren't ready to have this conversation. So I'm going to go on and talk about your expectations. Your expectations are too fucking high. You know what? You know what I expect from people? I literally, you know what I expect from people? I just expect people to put their best foot forward every single day. And if it's beyond that, if I get more than that, if I get mm-hmm. like two feet forward, mm-hmm. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah. But like, I just expect people to put their best foot forward every single day. Now, that's me. A lot of you handle expectations. Well, I thought you know, Molly was going to do this and that and that, but you know, she didn't pull through. And then Lauren, you know, dipped out on me last minute. And then fucking Bobby told me that he like had some date from some girl he met on Tinder night. No, you're having these expectations of people to like do things. Yeah. If you have expectations of people, you're going to get let down. A majority of the time you're going to get let down. It can be your best friend. It can be your fucking mom. It can be your grandma. It doesn't matter if you have true expectations out of people, you're going to get let down and you're going to be battling this uphill battle all the freaking time of why don't people show up for me the way I show up for them? Because they don't have to. You make a choice to show up for these people the way you wish they showed up for you. They don't have to return that favor. I know that sucks. That's the cold hard truth. The issue is you hold on to this thing. You hold on to these expectations. You continue to have these expectations when I'm 27 and a half. And at this point, the human race has kind of shown me that inherently it's really selfish. It's really narcissistic and everyone's out to get everybody. Okay. If you haven't had that experience yet, I would encourage you to open your eyes up a little bit because that's what's happening in real time. You're either going to eat or you're going to be eaten. There's no, we eat together. Like that doesn't really happen. It's all a fallacy, right? People are going to let you down. You allowing people to let you down causes a massive subconscious stress that you battle with. Maybe, maybe consciously you bring it up. Maybe when you talk to your therapist, you bring it up or when you talk to your mom or your best friend, your roommate, whatever you bring it up, but you don't actually face the problem. And the problem is you, you can easily solve this by not having expectations from people, your emotional response. So this is a big one for me. And I might go on a little tangent here with it. Your emotional response things. It's like, how have I always responded to something? Mm-hmm. Like I have a staff call in eight minutes. That I'm going to be late to. <laughs> we, just check the time. Yeah, we should yeah. probably text the staff. Yeah, that I'm going to be a little it. bit late. I got it. But your emotional response to everything is just always how it's been done. Well, this is how I've always responded. So it's okay to still respond that way. It's not okay. You tell yourself it's okay because it's always been okay. But part of being an adult and part of like running your life as a professional and part of like trying to build success in your life is constantly analyzing, breaking down every single tiny variable of your life and perfecting it as best you can to serve the end goal. What's the end goal, Justin? Let me fucking tell you, Sally, the end goal is happiness. The end goal is success. The end goal is feeling well about yourself. The end goal is mental freedom. This only happens if you feel good about your look, your emotional capabilities, your mental well-being. These can only happen if you're the one in complete control. If someone else is steering the ship, 
alongside you or for you, you are going to have an absurd amount of emotional stress that you probably don't even realize there because, well, that's how I've always done it. How you've always done it's not okay. You're 30 years old. It's time to make a fucking change, right? You're a professional. You're an adult. This is something that I believe every person should always be analyzing. Every time there's something that pops up in my life that warrants a response. I, after responding, I always go back and I assess how I handled it. It's still oftentimes for me, I don't handle it the way I wish I would have handled it, but in the heat of the moment and when things happen, you know, shit gets the best of you. Like we all have that. Mm -hmm. It's part of being human, right? Like you're never going to be perfect with this, but what can you do? You can take notes, you can assess, and then in the future, you can respond better. Responding better makes you a more effective communicator. You want to know what's fucking sexy? You don't want to know what really drops the panties. <laughs> Great communication drops the yeah. goddamn panties. Great communication is what people want to fucking be around. That's what men want to be around. That's what women want to be around. No beating around the bush. No bullshit. No nonsense. No, well, you know, I don't really know. No, you do know. You do know. It's in there. You just have to go fucking find it, right? Effective communication is fucking sexy. It's sexy in a best friend. It's sexy in a, a business partner. It's sexy in everyone who's good at fucking communicating effectively. And you know what? Not enough people are communicating effectively whatsoever. So how about you be the change? How about you force that to happen? And guess what's going to happen when you start communicating at a high level? Your emotional stress is going to drop. Your subconscious stress. I about said subcutaneous. <laughs> Your subconscious <laughs> stress is going to drop. Guess what happens? Now you recover better from your training <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Full circle. Now you recover wow. better from your goddamn wow. training sessions because there's less goddamn stress that you're actually fucking battling. <laughs> How many of you are laughing your fucking dick off right now? I love this shit. That was amazing. That was pretty good. So it's all underlying. I believe people should meditate. I believe people should constantly practice compartmentalization. You don't need to practice compartmentalization to the you know, effectiveness as Scott and I have it down, but you need to be fucking good at it. You need to be able to separate shit. There needs to be boundaries inside your head or rooms inside your head. I don't, I, I, I don't like the word boundaries because I have no boundaries in my life. <laughs> Everything's up for negotiation. <laughs> There's nothing that's off the table. <laughs> yeah. So I believe in, I believe in extreme compartmentalization. You'd have rooms for everything. And sometimes, you know, you lock certain rooms and other times you go in other rooms and you kind of find and, you know, seek out answers and whatnot. Allowing the buildup of stuff. I know I hate that word things and, you know, other arbitrary words like that, but there's shit that's not being addressed, right? Well, it's time to fucking address it, dude. Call up your friends, see what's wrong, see what's happening. Trying to control things that are outside of your control. Just like I said, are you trying to steer someone else's ship? Are you letting someone else steer your ship? Because holy shit, you're going to be so let down and so stressed out if that's your reality, if that's what you're doing right now. Not being present, I think it's a big one. And I'm literally, I, I, I made that bullet point and then I deleted it. And then after I deleted it, I was like, why'd you delete that? And it's because I'm never present. So I'm calling myself <laughs> out here. <laughs> I'm, oh, I, I, I'm very calmly. My mind is in a different place than, you know, in the here and now. Um, and I want to fix that about myself. And I'm going to work on that with myself. I, 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 I've, I do a better job now than I did at the beginning of the year. So fucking cut me some slack, you guys. So 
The issue is emotional stressors are commonly just as big or bigger than physical stressors, but they're so hard to assess because there's no biofeedback measure for emotional stressors. There's no way for me to understand if, you know, you're handling the breakup well, or if you had drama pop up or, you know, and you know, it's, there's no way for me to see these things. I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not someone that I'm not well versed to helping you with these things. It's just a practice. It's a practice that we have to consistently partake in. Right. And like I said, we should always, we, we should always be evolving. We should always kind of take our own psyche into our own hands. Right. Especially, you know, what, what's the fucking average age of listeners of this podcast? 25, 30 years old. Somewhere. Probably. Yeah. You guys are all, we're, we're, we're not kids anymore. Yeah. Like if you want to act like a fucking kid, then, you know, you're going to be disciplined. You're going to be let down a lot and you're not going to get very far. Like, you know, sometimes it does kind of suck, you know, when you wake up and you face reality of like, fuck, you know, these are things I have to do, uh, you know, to be a high functioning adult in you know, today's society. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not like there's some days I wish I could just wake up as a kid on Christmas, but like, it's not happening. Like, it was like lay around all day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, like those days are so far past us. Right. And like, yeah. we have to be an efficient and an effective human and, and professional that's contributing to the world. Right. You have to be able to face that. And you have to be able to accept that. But you have to be able to act like that consistently. And acting like that consistently takes evolving. So just check your fucking self, dude. Check what's going on. Check yourself like I just did. I called myself out on a podcast that by the end of the year, three, four, five thousand people are going to fucking hear that I'm not ever fucking present, right? That's not very sexy. There's not going to be many women sliding my DMs like, ooh, I heard you're not present. Like, what's up? <laughs> you know, like it ain't going to happen, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, Call yourself out on the shit. Be fucking real with it and and just understand, you know, where your places are that you can improve because, you know, as much as this is a fitness topic that I'm talking about, y'all are holding yourselves back. You're holding your performance back. You're holding your physical capabilities back. You're holding your professional growth back because you're not handling the subconscious shit that's going on. You just continue to run from it. So. Can I add one to your emotional? I, I, would, I would love for you to add. I, one I think to emotional. I, I think it's important for people to understand how to forgive themselves for yeah. those kinds of things. Because yeah. I found, as I've grown up, I found myself to almost sulk on the the attitude of man. I had a really bad attitude towards something, of or course. I had a really bad reaction to something. Yeah. So like maybe like picture a little kid who didn't get candy and threw a fit. Yeah. In the in the grocery store, of course, right. You're the kid. You threw a fit in a grocery store, and now you feel stupid. Yep. Well, because it wasn't worth it. Constantly, yeah. you feel stupid because constantly. of those things, and then you hold on to that, and you're like, "Wow, everybody's judging me now." Of course, people probably aren't judging. They, like you said, most people are f move on for themselves. Yeah, they probably forgot about it. Now you're just not moving on. You're trapped in that little circle. I, th I think that mentality is like people think they're a lot more important than they actually are. Like honestly, I can like watch you walk into a store, completely face plant, make an ass out of yourself, and within ten seconds, I forgot about it. Like but the forever. reason the reason people think that is because you're the character in your yes. movie. Yeah. And so you think everything is so important about around you. And then we make up these little fake yeah. things yeah. where you think that you think that you think that you think that exactly. And now when none of it's reality. Exactly. Like yeah. When the reality is no one actually because thought. 10 minutes ago when you walked in the store, you actually face planted in the parking exactly. lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Like, like we've all been there. Right. Yeah. But I think the act of like forgiving yourself for the shit that's happened. Yeah. I think it's that's really, really important. fucking important. And I think that's how we really find mental clarity, mental freedom. So for episode 111, I really hope you guys enjoyed this talk. I enjoyed having it with you and I will see you next time.